This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I can't see record, so you got to give me like a thumbs up or something. You're good. All it right, just well, like takes everything live. So. Oh, okay, cool. So this is on. We're real. Let's we're go. real. Let's it's live. It. We're hot. All right. We're live. We're hot. Welcome on in. WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. And as you could tell, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can see... They were in our brand new studio that Odyssey has for podcasts now, and a lot of the Beck UL shows come out of here. So excited to be doing the show live in here today. Tucker is actually with me in person. We'll bring him on in a second here to talk about the Eagles. This training camp opens today, and the thing that I'm curious about, and I heard Elliot Shore Parks on the morning show on Tuesday talking about there's more training camp battles on this particular team than I think we realize because the team seems so set. They were in the Super Bowl last year, considered one of the best teams in the NFL, but it's not fully set. I mean, they have some spots here where we're going to have a battle and we're going to have back and forth between who's going to make it, who's not, and, and who's going to win the job to start the season. So I thought today would be fun to try to guess, to predict who's going to win the big training camp battles across the roster so let's start it off. I, I'll go back and forth here. I'll, I'll throw out the battle. I'll give my take. Tucker will give his prediction, and we'll go through all of them. So the first one that I think is really interesting is the right guard position, and that's Cam Jurgens, the guy that was drafted last year to be J.C. Kelsey's heir apparent, but obviously Kelsey didn't go anywhere. And then Tyler Steen, who was drafted in the mid-round this year, tackle, moved inside, and now he's going to get a shot at this. I, I think the logic says it's going to be Cam Jurgens. That's my official pick. But... There, there is something that I wonder about the depth and the future. You know, if Tyler Steen looks good, if it is close, I do wonder if he just is the next right guard. Like, they, they find the next right guard, and they put him in there. And then Cam Jurgens could be Kelsey's backup, could be a swing guy across the offensive line. You know, and then if you're Cam Jurgens, I know they prepared him to play right guard all year, uh, all offseason, but next year he's probably the center anyway. So my, my official prediction is Cam Jurgens Tucker is going to win the right guard position, but the Tyler Steen thing, it feels like he's the next future right guard and Jurgens is the future center. It's just a matter of what they do for this year. It definitely feels like a transition year and it's weird yes. staring right at you from, you know, I don't know what, 10 feet away, eight feet away, whatever uh, it's it is. about seven. Okay. It's not as big as but you would can, think on TV. Joel and B could go across the table. He could sleep here if yeah. he fell on hard Seems times and needed to, yeah. to hang out here. But 
You know, I agree with you. It's an odd situation because you mentioned they drafted the right guard of the future yeah. with Steen, but I don't know. I mean, Jurgens is Kelsey's heir apparent. Kelsey handpicked him, and I think it's funny. Like we've been picking Jason Kelsey replacements since 2017. Like Isaac Samalu, who just left in free agency, he was drafted to be Jason Kelsey's replacement. You know, what was that seven years ago now? And Jason yeah. Kelsey's still kicking and still playing at an All Pro level. But yeah, I, I just think. If Cam Jurgens has a year with Jeff Stoutland, he has a year under his belt, and clearly the Eagles are in a situation where they don't necessarily have to rush these guys at long, I'll take the guy with an extra year of experience already in the NFL, playing with these guys, playing and learning behind Kelsey and Johnson, and obviously Samalu last year, who was the starter. I think it's Jurgens' job to lose, and maybe he's a little small, but he's what, like 305? Like He's only like 15 pounds lighter than Samalu was. Like I think we're kind of splitting hairs. If we're worried about how tiny he is, yeah. There's, I heard Brian Balding earlier this offseason, you know, question: Can you have Jurgens and Kelsey next year because they're both small-ish for their position? But that, that's both of our predictions. That it's going to be Jurgens with the extra year, extra year under his belt in terms of the, knowing the offense, knowing the playbook, and of course the uh, the coaching of Jeff Salen. So I, I think it's going to be Jurgens at right guard. All right, let's stay on offense and we'll move to defense. The other one, this is, I think, an under the radar battle, but. Quez Watkins versus Alameda Zacchaeus, and I think I said his name right. We'll, we'll know it in full if he does play well this year. But Watkins is the guy that last year came in with so much hype because they pumped him up, but then they traded for A.J. Brown. So naturally, naturally his number is going to go down. And I'm a fan of Quez Watkins, but he didn't play well enough last year. He, he just didn't. He had the fumble in that game against Washington that probably cost him the game in the Super Bowl. I think that that play that he didn't make near the end zone was such a costly one. And it, the, in the rewatch we did at WIP a couple weeks ago, I really felt he stopped running. I mean, if he runs fully on that route, I do think Quez Watkins catches that ball and maybe it's a different game. My prediction here on this battle is Watkins is going to win because of his familiarity with the offense. I think he's a little bit faster. And I did hear Sirian a couple weeks ago give him a lot of praise that he had a good offseason. And this feels, Tucker, like a make-or-break year for Quez Watkins in his career. I, I don't... My guess is the Eagles probably aren't going to re-sign him after this year to a, a free agent contract. But someone will. I mean, if he has a decent year this year, and if there's an injury to uh, to Devontae or AJ and he has to play more, I think he could put up decent numbers to where he gets some money from someone next year. My my pick is Quez Watkins, but this one I feel less confident in than I do Jurgens. Like I'd be surprised if Jurgens doesn't start day one. If Watkins struggles, Zacchaeus, they sign him for a reason and maybe take that job. But I, I would pick Watkins to win the job out of camp. Yeah, and I think they'll give Quez Watkins every opportunity to win it because I do think he has more potential. Like you mentioned his straight line speed. If Brown or, or Smith go down, like he can transition mm -hmm. to the outside. I think Zacchaeus is strictly a slot receiver. And he He's did a it two years smaller. ago, right? He did it two years ago. Right, he, he did before they traded for Brown. Like him and, and Smith were the two guys on the outside. But you mentioned like he got benched pretty much for um zach pascal at the end of the season and that's kind of how i view Zacchaeus. like he's a guy who he kind of reminds me a little bit more of greg ward he's mm. not going to take the top off the defense he's not a deep threat but he can get open in short yardage he can run quick slants he can get open in the intermediate or intermediate you know field over the middle i think there's a role for him in this offense but i would be surprised like unless quez Watkins just absolutely falls on his face I think he's going to be their number three wide receiver. We saw a lot of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in the slot. Like, I think all three of those guys, when they're healthy and when they're playing, are, are pretty interchangeable. But I, I think Zacchaeus has a role in this offense, but at least at the beginning, I don't think that comes 
at the expense of Quest Watkins. Yeah, and I think this is a bigger thing than like like it's it's a big deal. It's third wide receiver, but it could be a bigger deal. I mean, they got amazing health last year out of AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. The odds of that happening again pretty slim. So whoever wins this job is going to get more snaps than I think we're talking about. Oh, let's go to defense here. And really, all of the interesting battles, if you will, are up the middle. They're they're pretty stout on the edges. You know, corner, edge rusher. They're that's their best players are there. The middle is where the question marks are on defense. Let's just start with linebacker. I'm not even putting Nicobe Dean in, in a battle. He's going to, they already gave him the green dot. Unless he's hurt, he's going to play, and I think he's ready to play here and give them something in year two. So I'm good with Nicobe Dean. The other linebacker spot, I think, is completely wide open. And in fact, I'm going to open this up to a mystery name. So we know it's Nicholas Morrow who they signed this offseason from the Bears, Christian Ellis, who apparently had a good offseason, but. I'm going to put a potential trade acquisition or maybe like a cut at the end of, of camp in here that could be that second linebacker next to Nicobe Dean because I don't believe in these other guys. I mean, I have no idea if Christian Ellis could play other than special teams. Moro, I think there's a reason why he's always on bad defenses and no one really wanted to sign him in the offseason. It's not a good sign that he's an impactful player. And if you go back, since Howie Roseman took back over power 2016, he's made 17 trades between the beginning of training camp and the first day of the regular season. I mean, Howie always seems to make, I mean, what is that, seven or eight years, and he's made 17 trades? It's like two or three trades a year he's making in August. And last year, we know it was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I don't know who the name is. I mean, it might be a guy we're not talking about. Patrick Queen's name's been out there with the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like if they're going to make a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson-ish kind of move this August, like get a missing piece on the last year of his deal, not going to cost much money, like a fifth-round pick, I think it's at linebacker. So I'm going to say the battle for the second linebacker next to N'Kobe Dean, it, it's, it might not be on the roster. If I had to guess right now, I would say not on the roster, then Nicholas Morrow, then Christian Ellis. But Tucker, this is the spot where I have the least faith in the guys they have. And I think they could go outside the organization. Could be a cut in early September. Could be a trade like Patrick Queen. I think they may have to do something there next to N'Kobe Dean at linebacker. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned Nicholas Marr. It reminds me a lot when they signed Eric Wilson yeah. from Minnesota. I was like, man, this guy had 100 tackles. How is, how is he available? But he kind of stunk. And then he stunk, and he was here, and you're like, oh, well, he's actually not that great. He just, you know, wrapped up a lot of guys 15 yards downfield. Yeah. Did he, uh, he did have an interception against Mahomes, though. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was like, the only play he made as an eagle. He's someone like, do you remember Malik Jackson was an eagle? Barely. I, he was here for two years. Completely forgot. He was a. Bronco? That's when he was good with the Broncos and the Jaguars? And Jags. Yeah. And they, they yeah. signed him here, and yeah. that's just a little tangent. But you look at this linebacking core, there really isn't much. Like Christian Ellis played really well on special teams. I think the semi-turnaround this team had last yeah. year on special teams came from Christian Ellis playing well down the stretch. But, yeah, you kind of look at you know this roster and where the holes might be. I think offensively, there's a lot of luxury kind of roster battles. Mm. Like, we aren't talking about who's really going to start outside of right guard, but you have two, you know, somewhat blue chip talent starting there. On the defensive side of the ball, especially on linebacker, you're going to be starting someone who is either Nicholas Marr, who I don't think is that great, or someone like Christian Ellis, who doesn't have a lot of experience. And that's something I'm curious about Sean Desai, because he might get creative. We see a lot more, you know, nickel and dime packages. The Eagles don't really have a lot of depth at safety either. Like, you can't convince me that, oh, what they're going to do is, you know, really just play one linebacker and it's going to be N'Kobe Dean on most downs and they're going to bring in a, a third safety as well as three no, quarterbacks. they're going to need two linebackers. They don't have a third safety. Like, they barely have a second one at the moment with Reed Blankenship unless we're excited about the ghost of Anthony Harris. 
I just I, I don't see a solution on the roster right now. And you mentioned, I mean, Howie Roseman loves making moves well into the offseason. I mean, they just signed Dennis Kelly the other day to, you know, be a depth piece. I could 100% see this being a situation where we get to the third or fourth week of August and they go out and they trade a mid-round pick for a linebacker to, to play next to Kobe Dean because they aren't necessarily happy with the guys they have. Well, and with that, he mentioned, Tucker mentioned the lack of depth there. It, so Nicobe also has injury questions. Remember, that's why he part of why he dropped in the draft. He had a pec injury, whatever people thought it was. And so, yes, they need a linebacker to put next to Dean. But what if Dean goes down? I mean, they, they could we could be staring at Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis playing linebacker in week one. I, I think linebacker's a spot to look for a trade. All right, Tucker mentioned safety. That's the next one I wanted to bring up. Safety. It's basically three players for two spots. And I think they'll all play throughout the season. But it's Terrell Edmonds they signed from the Steelers. It's Reed Blankenship, the guy who was here last year and I thought came on at the end of the season and played pretty well. And it's the rookie, Sidney Brown. So my official prediction on this is week one in New England, the two starting safeties are going to be Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds. I think they'll go with the veterans. I mean, Blankenship, so it was an undrafted free agent last year, rookie. But at least he was at a year in the defense. And I thought he gave them good snaps last year when he had to play. And Edmonds, it just feels like they'll lean on he's been a starter in the NFL for a good number of years now. Meanwhile, Sidney Brown, as much promise as he may have, you know, it's a mid-round rookie secondary player. That, that feels like a Sidney Brown ascension feels like something people will be calling for when they see highlights from training camp. I doubt the Eagles in week one against Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, you know, two seasoned coaches, are going to roll out there a rookie safety and a second-year safety. I think they lean on the experience here. Tucker, I'm going with Terrell Edmonds and blanket ship to be the starting safeties. And Sidney Brown might take one of their jobs, I would guess uh, you know, Edmonds, by the middle of the year. But I, it's hard for me to believe two, two young safeties to start the season. Yeah, and if you kind of project it out, and the one thing we always talk about is you know how strong the middle of your defense has to be and how strong you have to be up the middle, much like baseball. But if you were to have Sidney Brown back there, you kind of look at the middle and, okay, your defensive tackles, like you do have Fletcher Cox, but you're counting on Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis up the middle. You're counting on Nicobe Dean at middle linebacker, and then you're counting on maybe Blankenship and Sidney Brown at safety. I mean, that's a lot of youth up the middle for a first-year defensive coordinator who only has one other year of experience you know, in that position in the NFL. I think someone like Terrell Edmonds just makes a lot of sense right now for this team, strictly because he is a veteran. He might not be flashy. He might not be exciting, but I think Terrell Edmonds starting week one just kind of fits what the Eagles like to do. And I, I think, you know, Sidney Brown might have a chance, maybe week five, week six, week seven, to slowly carve a roll out for himself. But, I mean, right now, like, it kind of reminds me, remember when they drafted Kayvon Wallace? And everyone thought, oh, my God, they oh, got yeah. a safety. Was it the next dog because he went to Clemson? Yeah, he went to Clemson. Yeah. They got him in the fourth round, and he was going to be all over the place, and he never really was able to get on the field. He's still here. He's still here, but, like, he's not really doing much. Yeah. And Reed Blankenship ran circles around him, you know, during training camp last year and pretty much stole his job out from under him. And I feel the same way with Sidney Brown. Like, there's a reason why he fell to the middle rounds. Like, I don't think anyone in the NFL necessarily tabbed in to be a day one starter. Mm -hmm. So I think he has potential. I, I think he could be a playmaker, but he's still a pretty big question mark. And for a team with Super Bowl aspirations, I don't know if week one's the time to throw be throwing out guys and testing the waters with a, a rookie safety. Well, I agree. And and Tucker brings up a point that, you know, other, the coordinator change is my biggest concern with the team as we enter the season. But the up the middle on the defense, I mean, there is a potential, like, depending on, on rotations at different positions, like, there could be a moment or moments or a lot of moments this year where their two tackles are Davis and Carter, first year, second year. 
Their two linebackers are Christian Ellis and Nicobe Dean, very young players. Their two safeties are Blankenship and Brown. Like there could be a scenario where they're very young up the middle, and that that could lead to some problems early in the season. All right, last one, last prediction here. And I don't know anything about this player, but I'm picking him to win the battle. It's Tyler Zetner, the other punter in camp over Aaron Sipos. This is for two reasons. One, Sipos stunk last year. Two, Howard Eskin was on WIP a couple weeks ago, and he guaranteed the Eagles would have another punter. Now, maybe they get another one from somewhere else, but I, I just it's hard for me to believe they go ro roll it back with Sipos after last year, after he punted down the stretch, the Super Bowl. I mean... I know they brought back Michael Clay. It's like the Eagles have just pretended the special teams weren't a problem last year. They were. I'm going to predict that Sipos loses the job. Like, they Tucker, they finally move on and do something different because it just feels like they're like, yeah, special teams was bad last year, but let's pretend it wasn't. It was. It was, and it was the Achilles heel of this team. Like, I think it's odd that as we talk about this team, and rightfully so, they should be a Super Bowl contender or maybe a favorite out of the NFC. They have holes, special teams being one of them, the run defense no one really talks about. How really the two games they lost with Jalen Hurts on the field, their run defense was a big reason yep. why. But yeah, I just anybody but Aaron Sipos. Like I just I that's don't the want theme. to see that's, that that's guy the whole again. I just he may seem he may be nice, whatever. He's Australian, great. I just I can't do it again because you watched last year and remember they brought in Brett Kern and everyone was so excited. Oh, yeah. Brett Kern, former pro, uh, All Pro punter, he was going to set the world on fire and he was so bad that Sipos got his job back in the Super Bowl and we. We all remember how that went, but yeah, I just, I can't do it again. Just anybody but Aaron Sipos. I think punters are a dime a dozen. The Eagles have treated them as such because they had a pretty good one. They let yep. walk and, and go to Houston. And, you know, when they handed the job to Sipos, there has to be a guy. And maybe neither one of them wins the job. Neither one of them impresses in training camp. But that's another position where, I, you know, on cut down day, there's going to be two, three, four maybe more veteran punters who get cut, you know, strictly due to, to financial reasons. And the Eagles should be able to have their pick of their crop uh, of who they want to, to fill in that position. They should. All right, some predictions there for Eagles training camp. It all starts today. They have an overcare complex. Appreciate everyone listening. And if you're watching on our 94 WIP YouTube page, check out the new studio. We're doing a lot of our podcasts in here. Thanks so much for subscribing, listening to WIP Daily. It is officially football season. We'll talk soon.